1: Friends, welcome to another episode of Homeschool Your Way. We're your host, Didi Ann Jimena from Chips and Salsa Homeschooling. Today, we're excited to be talking about homeschool scheduling ideas.
2: But first, we're going to talk about how we self-care our way through the week and we love this segment because we love to remind ourselves and you as parents to take care of yourself, even if it's something really small. And so this week, we're going to talk about social media.
1: Social media, right before an election, during this coronavirus pandemic, has gotten really negative, negative. and I can see some of my friends getting depressed, and a solution is get it off your phone, like stay off of social media.
2: Yes, I've been one of those friends, I think, that has experienced like bouts of little depression or just depletion really is what I think the true um, name is because it drains you. So um, we, you know, it's hard to set boundaries sometimes when – you know, you're working like chips and salsa homeschooling. We have a Instagram account and a Facebook account that we have to manage. So what we do, since there's two of us, is we take turns. So there will be full weeks where Dee takes uh, the page. And during that week, Didi, I just take it off of my phone and take a full break from it. And it's really life-giving.
1: Yeah, which you should because um, after a while, negativity is going to wear anybody out.
2: We'd love to hear your self-care tips and what you are doing to keep yourself healthy, especially during a time like this. So share your tips with us and post them on bookshark.com slash podcast. And we might even feature one of them here on the show.
1: So today we're talking about scheduling ideas and a big part of homeschooling is figuring out a good schedule for your household, for your family. And I'm excited about this topic. Yeah, why is scheduling so
2: important?
1: Well, I think some people are natural, goal-oriented, goal-getters, driven people, and some of us are not like that, but we all need a plan if we're going to get anything accomplished.
2: Yes, well, we, you know, I I personally like the Enneagram, and I'm an Enneagram 3, and so I'm an achiever, which means I am naturally goal-oriented, but... Um, I'm also kind of creative, like an o- entrepreneur. So like my mind is always going. And so even though I'm goal-oriented, it's really hard for me to stay on task with one goal because immediately my mind will be creating other goals <laughs> and then I have way too much to handle. So really for me, um, scheduling and a plan is what keeps me kind of grounded and helps me stay focused.
1: Yeah, I'm a nine on the Enneagram, which is the peacemaker. Um <laughs> And I have a one wing, which I guess the one wing, which helps me to make a plan. (laughs) Um, For me, I've been really a slow and steady kind of person. Like, I'm not the person who has their binders and everything in order the first day of school. But I am pretty consistent once I get going. And that has helped me in my own schooling and as a homeschool mom.
2: But you are pretty organized, though. Well, thanks. So, and I think what's great is learning from one another. So I have realized because I am one of those people that you know I'll I'll give it my one hundred percent the first week or two, and then I'm super burned out, you know, because I gave I just worked way too hard versus slow and steady. But I'm learning. I'm learning as I get healthier and. More mature. Well, and I I must admit that I have learned from Ximena as well, and
1: I am much more prepared at the beginning of the year since we've been friends than I was before. Isn't that something? (laughs)
2: I love how we can learn from each other. Well, you know, you might be a person that thrives in within a structure or a schedule, or you might be someone who just kind of thrives in your own little controlled chaos or, you know, flexibility. Well, and those must be the unschoolers. (laughs) I I still haven't quite figured that out. And that must be the one in me. (laughs) Right. But yeah, but I've seen some really successful unschoolers. And, you know, I love seeing how people thrive in their own way. That's what's super cool about it. But no, no matter what your style or personality is, you know we find that everyone benefits from some sort of plan or schedule. So when it comes to
1: homeschool schedules, what exactly do you mean?
2: Well, we're not necessarily talking about a strict itinerary, right? But rather a general idea of how your year and then your homeschool days are going to look. You have to have some sort of vision.
1: Yeah, um're we really want to share some practical ideas and tips of things that we do, so we'll do that after the break. Right now, we really want to talk about why we even need to have a schedule. And you you mentioned a friend who doesn't plan.: Yeah,
2: but then she's also like 10 weeks behind on her curriculum by the time summer hits. <laughs> So, I mean, it might work for for them, you know. Yeah. It certainly doesn't work for me. But again, it really all depends on your homeschooling vision. There's this really great quote that I found that says, scheduling is power. It provides you power over your time and attention. Scheduling is not putting restrictions on your time and energy. It is methodically directing that time and energy to your priorities and goals.
1: I do like that. I guess if you're a four and you don't want to be locked down, <laughs> then maybe this quote will help you
2: realize that a schedule is not trying to lock you down. It's trying to free you. Absolutely. I love that. It is trying to free you. Um, well, number one, I think schedules help you accomplish your long-term goals, right? And, but before you can even accomplish those, you need to have long-term goals.
1: Right. Good point. Well, if you're homeschooling, your children are going to need some long-term goals. (laughs) Yes.
2: And you need some long-term goals for yourself as well and your family, right? So having that vision, first of all, is important. But then that schedule is kind of a roadmap to how you're going to accomplish that goal.
1: Well, really, I think this um, is helped by a really strong curriculum. So if you have a really strong curriculum, it's taking you somewhere,
2: Right. Yeah. And and if you decide to make your own curriculum, um, that's perfectly fine. But then what happens is your your planning needs to be pretty hardy at the beginning of the year so that you know where you're going versus yeah. just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and figuring out you know where you go. Because what happens is life gets in the way. And then it's life and chaos dictating your journey versus you dictating where you're going.
1: And that's not to say that Uh, the the curriculum owns you. So let's say a math curriculum, for instance, usually you want to finish a whole level in one year, but I've heard of lots of families taking two years to finish a level on a math curriculum
2: based on where the child is in their development. Absolutely. And I think that looking at this roadmap is is good as an anchor, right? So that you can have flexibility. But if you have this... Um, just kind of anchored down as your foundation, then I think you're going to have a much more enjoyable experience Yeah,
1: And sometimes it might mean that you're going to cut out a few weeks or a few books that you don't feel are that important. And maybe the free time is more important for your family. That's the beauty of it. Number two,
2: schedules help you with your short-term goals. <laughs> yeah. So long-term goals are important, but then you have... Uh, You know, you wake up one morning and wow, I just realized my seven year old still doesn't know how to tie his shoes. Or I don't know. I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience, (laughs) even though I don't have a seven year old now, you know. Or I realize, man, I really need to revisit, you know, cleaning the rooms and kind of we used to have zones and just checklists. I, I really need to revisit that. So those would be short term goals, right? Like, or I need to really make sure my daughter you know, nails down pre-algebra, whatever it is. Yeah, so a short-term
1: goal um, can be anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months, but it's something specific you're working on.
2: Right, so like right now, we're working on our bedtime routine. Mm. I'm doing that with my children because I feel like they have really kind of neglected their good habits.
1: Now, these are like preteen and teenage kids, so. Right. <laughs> um some of you with uh, toddlers probably this is a everyday occurrence.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. So every day, you know, you you have short-term goals of, "Hey, I just want to make sure that we take a nap today." <laughs> you know what I mean? Or we got to we got to get back on our routine. Maybe that's a short-term goal.
1: Yes. Well, I always have some kind of short-term goal when it comes to chores because it sometimes it takes a couple of weeks when you are changing something to kind of get it down. So we're more focused on that new routine for a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, so it's ever-changing, but the point is that you are kind of always working toward something. All right, so number three is schedules or routines help everyone know what's coming next, right? Which can reduce a lot of stress or meltdowns for toddlers especially.
1: Oh yeah, all kids thrive from routine. And when they don't know what's happening, I know one of my sons asks me at least three or four times a day what we're doing today. Sometimes it's the afternoon and I'm like, we're doing it or it's done.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny is... I say that it avoids stress or meltdowns for kids, but it really also avoids stress or meltdown for us because, yes, when you have your kids nagging you all day long of what what are we doing, what are we doing? And I feel like I used to be really good at telling my toddlers and my smaller children what we were doing. I even had this whole, like, picture calendar schedule for my daughter because she just thrived on knowing exactly what was happening. And back then she had some developmental issues, so we couldn't really communicate. She didn't really communicate her frustration to me very well. So I had pictures where I said, we're going to the park, then we're going home, then we're going to have lunch, then you're going to take a nap. And let me tell you, that changed our lives. It was the most freeing thing ever. But today I find myself just kind of having my own schedule and not telling them what our plans are sometimes. And they're all like anxious. Like, Wait, I don't even know what we're doing. What's going on? What do you mean we have to leave in 15 minutes? I didn't know we were going out, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, just for you listeners who maybe haven't heard,
1: um, my children are uh, 11 and a half, 13, 14, and 15. And I hear this on a regular basis. I don't even know what the plan is. I don't know what we're doing. So, even as they get older, we, they want to know what are we doing? What's the plan? And
2: having it laid out helps so much. Yeah, and going back to the routine things, you want to establish good habits for your kids because that is what's really going to help them throughout their lives with like willpower and just any goals that they want to accomplish. So just periodically revisiting those routines is important.
1: Yeah, which brings us to number four, which is schedules model time management for your kids and really are teaching them that life skill.
2: Yeah, you know, and you're not teaching them that um, time owns you, because sometimes that happens, you know, you wake up and you're like, how is it four o'clock already? And I think that our kids especially see that maybe during the summer or, you know, where they're just like lost in movies or lost in their books or just have really no schedule. I've been very bad this summer, by the way, Mm. at schedules. Usually I'm pretty good. But you see the chaos that happens when you don't have one, so... Definitely a good skill to teach them.
1: I always get so excited about sitting down and scheduling out uh, my plan for a new school year. And so we can't wait to share some of our ideas and our practical tips about scheduling after the break.
2: You chose to homeschool so you can have the family life you imagine, full of good books, interesting discussions, laughter, and inside jokes. You want a flexible lifestyle that lets you sleep to a reasonable hour, sneak in some me time, and still have energy to get the kids to their clubs, rehearsals, and co-ops. Bookshark's four-day
1: literature-rich curriculum allows for this lifestyle while giving your kids a top-notch education so they can accomplish their dreams. Use it as scheduled in the 36-week instructor's guide Or do your own thing and skip around, enjoying the books and hands-on science activities whenever and however you
2: like. If you are a parent always on the hunt for a rich variety of learning resources for your voracious learner, Bookshark is a curriculum to know about. Head to bookshark.com to browse curriculum, download samples, or request a catalog. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, friends. Today we're talking about homeschool scheduling ideas, and we're about to share some tips and tricks that have worked for us throughout the years. But first, let's talk
1: about what we're reading. So I like this segment because I like books. So Jimena, what are you reading?
2: I'm actually reading a book called Tell Your Time, How to Manage Your Schedule So You Can Live Free, which is you know, go so well with our topic.
1: (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, Which reminds me of the book, uh, Miracle Morning, which really did help me. So the full title is Miracle Morning, The Not-So-Obvious Secret Guaranteed to Transform Your Life Before 8 (laughs) a.m. What
2: a creative title. By Hal Elrod. I read that book too, and it was very helpful. I still implement some of the things.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing with self-help books, right? It helps you for a little while, and then you move on to the next self-help book.
2: (laughs) Well, this Time, uh, Tell Your Time book, I started reading a while ago, and I'm going to pick it up again because it's about that time to start scheduling and planning our school year, so I need some motivation.
1: Well, even planning this episode has got me all motivated to read a book about scheduling, and I don't know.
2: (laughs) We're such homeschool moms. All right, well, let's get back to it. So the first... Segment, we spoke about why a schedule is beneficial for your homeschool. And right now, we're going to share some tips for creating your schedule. So, this is what we do we start with the big picture, right? So, we always have a yearly plan, and usually we even plan a little retreat around it. Now, I'm not saying you have to do this, folks, but you know, if you have a BFF that homeschools, it's a good idea to go take off. Or even do it yourself. You know, go take off. Uh, we even get a hotel, and we just like to, you know, take breaks. It really gets us excited about what we're going
1: to be doing during the school year. And there's so many great homeschool books and podcasts and speakers that can motivate you and get you jazzed up. Is that showing my age? <laughs> jazzed up for the next year.
2: <laughs> we're just some old jazzer-sized lady. <laughs> We did do a little jazzercise right before we recorded this episode. Um, Anyway, so I think, yeah, having a little planning party, even if you don't go out to a hotel, we do that also, right? And so I'll have some charcuterie boards for our friends and just we'll plan for four hours. And I don't know. We love it.
1: So the first thing you want is a calendar. So you can know how many weeks you plan on homeschooling that year.
2: Yeah, and this depends also on your curriculum. So, for instance, um, when we've dubbed Bookshark in the past, um, you know, Bookshark is a 36-week curriculum. So we take into account all of those weeks in our calendar, and we say when we want to start and when we want to end.
1: We also uh, homeschool through a charter, so we pretty much stick to their year calendar.
2: Yeah, with adding, you know, adding some weeks here and there for vacation because that is the beauty of homeschooling is flexibility. After all,
1: but this is a great time to sit down and think. Okay, what are my family needs this year? Are there going to be any weddings? Are there going to be any family trips or vacations? Different circumstances. If you're having a baby, that's something you want to
2: schedule around. Yeah, or you may have a sick parent or maybe a sick child where you know that you're going to have to be at the doctor two times a week or whatever it may be, or visit your sick family member once a week. So all of that needs to be taken into consideration. Also, there are different ways to homeschool. Some homeschoolers do it year round. And so there's like a six week on, two weeks off schedule, or there's, you know, just the traditional way and then you take a nice big summer.
1: Yeah, whatever your style is, this is the time to think about when are you gonna take a vacation? What kind of events? Uh, Planning around the holidays. For us, Christmas time gets so busy. And trying to keep up with the same routine of our homeschool is, everybody gets burned out. So we've always kind of scheduled around maybe some fun things or maybe some break days before the break, so that we can be more relaxed and more
2: prepared. We've also learned throughout time that we get pretty burnt out by the time spring comes along. So we always plan a special project week or a week where we're going to homeschool together right before spring as a motivator. We've just learned to do that. And this comes with trial and error.
1: Another thing is, of course, you have your curriculum, but you might be taking some outside classes or sports. So really looking at the full picture of what your homeschool is going to look like at this point.
2: All right. And now our next tip is after you've done that yearly plan, you have to go now per month or 40 days around. We like to plan 40 days out because we find that even months, you know, our schedule can get so packed that, you know, you're ending the month and then like it starts with a really busy month. So having 40 days out and having a little overview of the next month also helps.
1: I, is it trendy now to have a paper planner, like a book planner, physical planner? Probably. Okay. Well, we're trendsetters, <laughs> so we have our paper planners and our phones <laughs>
2: and stickers. Yes.
1: And so you can actually see it. I I really do like it.
2: I like it too. Um. And I think for me, it's more of like a decompression thing because screen time just really wears me out. Even though I am a techie person, but um, yeah, I enjoy my planner.
1: So when you're sitting down with your planner, you want to think about doctor's appointments and field trips. Oh, there's nothing worse than starting a week and not remembering that you planned a field trip.
2: And I've done that. (laughs) Sometimes even these are not like bulletproof. You know, you'll still space it sometimes. (laughs) Yes. Well, and then extracurricular activities,
1: sports, games, or whatever. Um, And then you should plan some flex days for catching up on work, or just for fun.
2: Yeah, especially, like I said, right before the holidays, you know, we start feeling a little bit of burnout. So then you want to plan some fun, maybe themed days, maybe Christmas-themed days, or um, if you're doing a special field trip, maybe you plan a fun day around that as well, like, you know, a fun themed day. If you're going to go on a boat, then you plan a whole day where you're learning about ocean animals or something like that.
1: Well, and here's a good uh, like tip for you. Um, you have your curriculum and you've paced it all out for the year, but it's a good idea if, in this monthly meeting or however often to make sure you're on pace.
2: Yeah. So we like to do it by week, right? So I always know and I write it down on my calendar. Okay, I'm on week 33. I'm on week you know, 28 or whatever. This month we're going to get through these weeks. And if you're behind, then you can plan for catching up. So we
1: invented, I don't know if we invented it, but we started doing cram camps. So every once in a while, we'll do two weeks worth of curriculum in one
2: week. But we'll do it together so that it's fun. And we call it a camp because, you know, we make it fun. And so what we do is we do that so that we can take extra weeks off, like in the spring or during Christmas. So you see, you can give and take. Well, the great thing
1: about, like, Bookshark curriculum, for instance, is... Even though everything's structured and planned out, it's you are in charge of your homeschool.
2: Right. The curriculum doesn't own you. Another really important thing to consider when you're planning your month is the supplies or anything that you may need for special projects, especially like for science and things like that. You know, you don't wanna be caught off guard and be like, okay, we're doing this project, but you don't have any of the supplies and that just kind of puts a damper on everything. It's always like cream of tartar or something. (laughs) Or baking soda, (laughs) you know. But it's good to have those things on hand and if you don't, then at least you can write it down, oh, I need to pick this up at the store next time I go grocery shopping.
1: Which brings us to our weekly overview. Each – and at the beginning of the year, you want to decide, are we doing a four-day work week this year or a five-day
2: work week or – Dare I say, (laughs) (laughs) three-day? I'm going to try for that three-day. No, but uh, four days – this is one of the things that attracted us to Bookshark so much is that they do offer a four-day flexible schedule. Right. So you can choose. And that works out really well for us because our kids do have a learning center that they go to once a week. And what well, we actually do do the three day sometimes because every other week we have co-op. <laughs> right. Exactly. So then you plan for that on your weekly overview and you say, well, we know we have co-op on this day. Therefore, we're going to double up on science or history or whatever it may be on the other days.
1: Something fun for me is is kind of scheduling out what each day is gonna look like. So you're looking at the week and I know, okay, they're gonna to go to Learning Center on Mondays and Tuesdays, maybe that's the day we do history. But maybe Wednesdays we do science and we don't do history. So you have that flexibility to kind of alter your schedule. So what we were doing last year, Wednesdays are co-op day every other week. So on the week it wasn't co-op, we did two
2: weeks of science. Right. And then you had that week off. That's awesome. Or we would do the lab. Yes. Yeah. So we did things a little differently, but still with the same premise, right, where you kind of do a subject a day or, you know, we always do Language arts and math, every day. That, that goes every day. But then your other subjects, you can alternate and decide. It also depends on what grade they're in. For instance, my daughter, she had to do biology every day in order to keep up because she's high school level. So it really depends on your situation. But your weekly overview will help you plan this so that you set your kids up and yourself for success. We also want to take
1: into consideration for that week Um, If you're going to have a park day or go to the library, maybe you need to get some books for research paper, Uh, maybe you have class days like we've already mentioned, co-op like we've already mentioned. So all of these things you can look at on your week and plan accordingly.
2: And say that week you're feeling a little burnt out, well then you need to plan a rest day. So let's move on to our daily schedules. All right, so daily schedules have look in many different ways, and this is really preference, right? But this is some of the things that we've tried or that we've learned about. And number one is a block schedule, right? So a block schedule is where you have blocks of time. You're not telling, you're not saying exactly what um, is happening each hour, but instead you just have a block of time. So for instance, we'll have a prep block in our morning, and that includes morning chores, right? It includes our um, typical morning routine, but then we have a school schedule and that's where we get all our school done. And then we have what we call taking care of business schedule or block schedule, where that is where I run errands or they do their afternoon chores. They do any schoolwork that they didn't finish, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, I think that worked really good for you. I don't know why it didn't work for me, but maybe because nobody listened.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And it didn't always work, by the way. I think one of the things that we need to mention is that You have to be tweaking your schedule constantly to see what works. And you don't know what works until you try it for some amount of time. Well,
1: speaking of trying it, I think a few years ago, loop scheduling was really popular. And so the idea here was maybe you start the day with math and then language arts, like you said, which are your core. But then you loop schedule some other things. So maybe you loop in games. And then the next time you have that block or that time, you do... Um, art. And then the next time you do that block, you do music. Or the next time you have the block, it's story time. So then you just go around the loop. So you're not doing exactly the same thing each time. And I don't think that really worked for us either. But I mean, I feel like some people really thrive with that.
2: I mean, it sounds great. I just, yeah, I didn't work for me either. But um, also another thing to consider on your daily schedule is to start with the hardest subject first, right? And we do this because I'm reading in this science book that we only have so much willpower. And I mean, even when I decide to work out later in the day, I find I don't work out as hard or as cheerfully as I do in the morning. Same thing with the hardest tasks, right? So like if your children are dreading math, then that is what you want to start off with first. Well,
1: it's not only our willpower, but the things that are become routine to us, we don't use willpower to get those accomplished. So you don't need willpower to brush your teeth because you've established that as a routine since you were a kid. As a habit, yeah. Yeah. So it's a habit that doesn't require willpower. So you want to utilize
2: your willpower for the difficult challenges. Right. That's so good. Some people also start at the same time every day. And there are, you know, great articles about this. We don't tend to do this. We try, but it never really works. But some people, you know, like that because it just kind of sets their kids up for, okay, hey, we gotta be ready by this time because this is what we're doing. And we have to end school by this time.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good about starting every day at the same time. Now I'm not like, okay, it's nine on the dot and I'm whipping people if they don't, if they're not ready. But generally we start five to 10 minutes window at the same time.
2: That's so good. I used to be better at it, but I feel like I've slacked off.
1: Um, but no matter what kind of schedule, we really advocate for having a flow. And like we said before, knowing what's coming next. That's what a flow is about. And not necessarily an itinerary where it's like, 9 a.m., you sit down at your desk and start math until (laughs) 9.52. Yeah.
2: Well, what happens there, and I used to have that type of schedule, is you just get really frustrated because you're not accounting for um, a tough conversation that you're going to have to have or some attitude adjustment or, you know, somebody spills water, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, Somebody has to go to the bathroom. And then your itinerary is shot. So the flow idea is a lot better because at least no matter what time you start, even if you happen to start late, you're still following the same pattern.
1: Yeah, so this is where you can tweak things if you have group time versus independent work. You can maybe schedule the group time at a certain, around a certain time and then following the group time. That's helped me because having four kids all kind of working together, well, they're doing different math and they're doing you know certain things independently. So bringing the group time First, really helps because otherwise, I'm pulling them away from their independent work and they're not
2: done. And ah, oh. <laughs> yes, so homeschooling multiple kids is you know, you have to take that into consideration as well in your schedule. So, we want to leave you with some tips that we have found very useful. Number one is don't over schedule, you have to expect delays and give time for things, you know, because they take. So much more time than you may have expected, especially when you're dealing with kids.
1: Well, my husband says that I underestimate. So just multiply everything I say by three, which I think is an exaggeration.
2: (laughs) Oh, I guess that depends on your children,
1: right? (laughs) Well, that's true. Um, Another one is use music or games, especially like during transitions, which are really great about using our playlists and transitioning with music.
2: Yes. Oh, that's that's my bread and butter right there. I find like we all get motivated with music and we use it as a timer. So actually, we have a Spotify playlist for Chips and Salsa homeschooling full of all these like morning routine playlists, afternoon routine playlists, and we even do different genres because I find that my children really thrive on that.
1: Yeah, and some kids work good when music is playing in
2: the background while they're studying or reading. Right, yeah. Another tip is... To have nothing days. Um, And you know, you're the one that kind of started that trend. We call it nothing days because you just do nothing. And sometimes it's just needed because everybody's tired and burnt out, or you can use it as an incentive. Yeah, so for a while we were doing, I think it
1: was so many math lessons done, then we get a nothing day. And I'm telling you, people will work for a nothing day. Sounds delightful. Another great tip is designating a place where you do things. So we have a a homeschool room, but sometimes it's not so comfortable to cozy up and read in the classroom. So maybe you read on the couch and maybe you do math, in the classroom, at the desks, but maybe you do some language arts somewhere else.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we do that all the time. We start off on the couch for our gathering time and reading time, and then they do school in their room. But then we come back after lunch. We watch some documentaries during lunch. We'll end up reading history on the couch right after lunch. So it's pretty cool, like, just how everything kind of starts flowing after a while.
1: But I feel like in your brain, when you're in that place,
2: you get set to do whatever it is in your brain. Oh yeah, the brain is an amazing thing. Anything that you do, whether you like have a fun chant in the morning that you start off with or a song or a routine, whatever it is, it's going to tell your brain, it's time for this activity. It's time for school, which is why I believe in the power of music or in the power of creating a song or a chant or a prayer, whatever it is that you do, um, a poem even, you know what I mean? Um, so that you could start your day or start an activity. It's super helpful.
1: And I mean, along those same lines, I started using a timer. And I feel like everybody focuses better because they know, oh, that timer's gonna ding. So there's no time for daydreaming, you know? Or well, at least that's the theory. <laughs>
2: Well yeah, timers work in theory, right? So it's really more to to have an idea because time goes by so fast and then you lose track of it. So it's really more as, you know, a guide versus like put your pencil down right after the timer dings, you know. It's it's homeschool.
1: Well, that was a really productive show because I am feeling so excited
2: about sitting down and scheduling something. <laughs> Me too. Well, we want to thank you so much for listening. And we want to invite you to post your questions on bookshark.com slash podcast. That's bookshark.com slash podcast. We might even have a special Q&A episode at some point, And we would love to feature your question here on the show.
1: Until next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com slash podcast to leave your comments, or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.